Hey everybody, it's Brian Fitzgerald from the Real Estate Investors Lounge. This episode today, we're sitting down with Christine Payne, who is an investor in the Kitchener and the St. Catharines area. Um, she has a, a little bit in her portfolio that she's going to touch upon. Uh, another interesting thing with Christine is that she is working full time and while doing the real estate investing. So it just gives you the opportunity to see that it is possible while working full time that you can still get your portfolio started. And um, she also touches a lot on on her relationships with her tenants, which I think is really, really important when it comes to being a landlord and a good landlord. So I'm really excited to sit down with her today. And uh, I hope you guys take away uh, a whole lot from this one because I think this is a really good, wholesome and valuable episode. So I hope you enjoy. Hello, and welcome to the Real Estate Investors Lounge. Join us as we cover a multitude of real estate related topics with some of the brightest and most experienced minds in the industry. Our goal with The Real Podcast is to provide information, strategies, and insight on how to navigate the current and upcoming Canadian market. We use the experiences, knowledge, and the expertise of our guests and professionals in the field and offer it all back to you, the listener. We hope you enjoy the show. Be sure to check out our website at www.reilounge.ca. We're your hosts, Brian Fitzgerald, Erica Spencer, and Jay Shaw. Hello, everybody. This is Brian Fitzgerald from the Real Estate Investors Lounge. I'm here with Jay Shaw, and Erica Spencer is on assignment as usual. Today, we are sitting down with Christine. It's Christine Payne, right? That's me, yeah. P A I or P A Y? Well, well, it's P A Y N E, depending on who you ask and what day it is. Okay. <laughs> Okay, fair enough. So we're sitting down with Christine, uh, who is an investor in Southern Ontario. And uh, before I steal too much of your uh, your thunder, I was hoping you could tell us a little bit about yourself and your background. Yeah, sure. So um, I guess, you know, before I became a real estate investor, obviously, there's, there's lots of other things I've done in my life. So I started my career out in... Uh, in broadcasting as a, a sports anchor and reporter, working with uh, CBC TV and 680 News, which is a, the all-talk radio station in Toronto. When my daughter was born, um, I transitioned into communications and public relations and media relations, which I've been doing without meaning to date myself, but I will for about 20 years now. And uh, yeah, so I, I'm working uh, as president of a public relations agency in Toronto. I've been with the same agency for 17 or 18 years now uh, since we founded the company and, uh, you know, really love what I do. That's awesome. I always like hearing a good story where people actually enjoy what they're doing. So that's nice to hear. So, um, Christine, what, what kind of made you get started in real estate? Like, obviously, you've got uh, a job that you love. Um, obviously, it's paying the bills, you know, like what? What kind of pushed you to make a start in real estate? Um, I, I think I was, uh, I mean, I, I guess there's a number of ways I could answer that question. But uh, one of the things that was important to me was creating an income stream that was separate from my full-time work. So something that, um, you know, basically I'm earning money while I sleep, I'm earning money while I do other things, and I'm creating um, an income stream for my retirement. 
Uh, it's also important to me to be in the market because, as I mentioned, I, I do have a, a daughter uh, who's in her early 20s now. And, you know, she's just getting started out in, in her own career. And, you know, we've all seen the way that the housing market is going um, the last few years. And I really want her as well to have a, a foothold in the market. So what I'm creating is not only something that I'm creating for myself, but it's something that I'm creating for her and for her future as well. I agree. And, and obviously you're providing her that kind of unique education along the way, right? So I think that's awesome. I've got a little guy, uh, he's only a year and a half, but I kind of tell myself as I buy properties that this one might be for him and then maybe help him get started because he's years and years away from getting his hooks in, but your daughter's kind of right on the cusp there. And uh, I think that's that's also awesome what you're doing. So um, how did you get started in real estate? Um, I mean, kind of developed the why, but kind of let's let's open up the how. Uh, I got started in real estate. Um, you know, kind of rewind. The very first investment property I owned was something that um, you know I purchased many many years ago um, in New Brunswick. It was a vacation property um, that my family used, and that also had a year-round uh, unit in it as well. Uh, I don't own that property anymore, and, and it wasn't something that I did sort of um, at the time thinking, oh, I'm going to get into real estate investing, but it did teach me, um, you know, some things that I kind of learned by trial and error, and it whet my appetite for more. Uh, from there, I think I've just, I, and this is going to sound weird, but I've always been a fan of real estate. You know, I... Like many of us, I'm sure, I watch HGTV, or I used to watch HGTV. Um, you know, and I, and I just, I've always found that real estate is just, it's interesting. It's a great way to build wealth. It's a great way to, um, you know, acquire assets. And it's just something that's always fascinated me. So I started um, kind of officially looking to get into real estate investing about three years ago. And I, I did that by joining um, some real estate um, investor education groups. And fast forward about a year and a half, I found Rockstar and became a member and quickly thereafter a VIP member. And I found that being part of that community, um, meeting other uh, active real estate investors, you know, having a coach, um, you know, who I can work with and, you know, speak with and learn from, those things really, um, I guess, got me going and, and fueled my ability to learn and to build my portfolio. Yeah. No, so, Christine, I don't think you have to be shy in terms of saying that you're a fan of uh, real estate and real estate investing because we have a lot of them listening today. So um, don't worry about that. Um, I guess my question to you is just, you know, I mean, a lot of our guests that come on, they, they, they invest in a specific area. So you started out in New Brunswick and then kind of made your way to Southern Ontario. Have you uh, picked a specific area? Are you like investing in multiple areas? Like what does your port, like, I mean, what, like, where are you currently investing at this point? Um, I'm investing right now in Kitchener and St. Catharines. Um, I didn't sort of set out and say, I must invest in Kitchener and I must invest in St. Catharines. But when I see an opportunity that's a good opportunity and the numbers work, for me, that's a place to be investing. 
I also have another, uh, you know, some other things that I, I think about when I'm looking at um, properties. Um, and that can be anything from, is it within driving distance of my home? Um, because I do manage um, my properties on my own um, or with my uh, joint venture partners. And so I like to be within about an hour's drive of my properties, which both Kitchener and St. Catharines are. And now as well, because I've made an initial investment in both of those cities, I'm starting to, or I have built teams um, in those locations. So, you know, everything from realtors to contractors to, you know, handymen to basically everything that you need to be successful at running and managing a property on your own. That's awesome. That's just more networking, I guess, eh? Yeah, networking is really important. Um, the more people you know and the more successful people you know, I think enables you to be more successful yourself. I think that's the key one you hit there is, is more successful people you know. It's uh, I think when you run in those circles, there's just more success to be had for everybody. Um, Christine, why did you choose multiple markets? Like you touched on, you know, it wasn't specific that you're going to go to St. Catharines or, or Kitchener, but why did you focus, uh, you know, like started with Kitchener and then St. Catharines? Like what kind of, what was it that brought you to, to do that? What brought me to Kitchener originally, honestly, was the deal. Um, you know, I was um, working with, a, you know, a great group of, uh, of joint venture partners and we found uh, a property that we just couldn't pass up on. So that was kind of my initial dive into the Kitchener market was um, just finding a great property that we knew um, could be converted into a legal duplex. Uh, from there, again, because we had started building a team, it only made sense to continue to expand uh, the work that I was doing in that market. And as far as St. Catharines goes, I mean, to be honest, it was it was one of those things where I just I, I honestly I went on a property tour. Um, with Erica actually, and I saw a house that it, it just it spoke to me. And you know, I loved the house myself. I won't buy a property just because I love it, but if I love the numbers as well, then those two things together to me, um, you know, it, it's, it's a great property. So, loved the house, knew I could market it, um, ran the numbers, you know, it was a good ROI. And so I dived in and, and Erica was able to help me beat out some, I think there were 11 bidders wow. on the property and, uh, and I was successful. So that must've been 2016 or 2017, I'm guessing. When, when there was 11 uh, bids. Uh, 2016, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I then. think 2016. Yeah. So you just touched on, um, legal duplexes, but is that what you specifically invest in or do you do single family or student rentals? Like what's your, what's in your portfolio? Most of my portfolio, um, is legal duplexes. Um, they aren't duplexes when I start out, but we do convert them into legal duplexes. Um, and then I've, I've got a couple of single family homes as well. But uh, at this time, I'd say my emphasis is on the legal duplex. Uh, the cash flow is better. And I also like the fact that you can, um, you know, not every investor does this, but you can, you can buy, you know, a bungalow, um, make sure, get the upstairs unit ready, get it rented, and then you've got cash flow coming in while you're renovating the basement suite. So I, it's a model that's worked for me. So I think, I think if you've got something that's working, then it's a, it's a good thing to you know, repeat. Yeah, for sure. 
Yeah, I think they say the uh, the definition of success is you know become become an expert at one thing and replicate it over and over again. And I think that's one of the challenges that you know Erica and Brian and I see with you know, some of our clients is that you know they're like, okay, I'm going to do a student rental, now I'm going to do this, and now I'm going to do that. And I think uh, it's an easy trap to fall into, but I mean, if you find something you're good at, you know, keep doing it over and over again, and that's really the true definition of success, I would say. Not that yeah, anyone. I agree. And right? yeah, no, I agree. No, with exactly. You. And I mean it. it it, it's it's different for every investor, but you know I I do agree with you. I think that when you find a, you know, um, a formula that works, then you know why not keep repeating it? For sure, for sure. Um, so Christine, I mean you're in St. Catharines, you're in Kitchener. Are you working with the you know Are you working with the same agent in in all markets? Are you working with different agents? Like what does that look like in terms of when you're out looking at properties? Uh, no, I don't work. Um, exclusively with one agent, no. Um, I my preference is, is to work with an agent who really knows the specific market that I'm working in. You know, um, I, I think that if you're specializing in a market, you can provide um, just more information and more ability um, for an investor to be successful in that market. So my preference is to work with realtors who are specialists in those specific markets. Okay. So obviously you're open and working with different agents, but what, what makes you seek them out? Like why, why not just use the same agent everywhere you go? I mean, you touched on the the fact that you want them specific to those markets, but is there certain characteristics other than that, that you look for in them? Um, yeah. So I, I guess I can answer that question in two parts. So I guess the reason I look for um, a realtor who is um, an investor-focused realtor who specializes in that specific market is it's the same reason why you wouldn't go to a dentist to fix your car. You want somebody who knows the exact situation that you're in and who can advise you on that exact situation. Um, in terms of characteristics that I look for, um, you know, obviously I like to find people who, um, you know, have a compatible personality with me who I enjoy working with because when you are looking for investment properties, you, you know, it, it, it can be a long process before you find the right property. You're not, you know, you're not just going out and buying the first property that you see because, you know, the numbers have to work and there's specific things obviously that you're looking for in a property. Um, I look for realtors who are um, aggressive because when you're in um, you know, specific times of the market where there are multiple offers, you need a realtor who's who's really um, ready to go to battle for you um, so that you can get the property. Um, I look for realtors who are creative, who can come up with, um, you know, strategies to help um, secure a property, um, perhaps when there is competition, or who can help, um, you know, get better pricing on a property. Although, again, you know, it's if the numbers work, you know, I'm not going to, you know, walk away from a deal for a few thousand dollars. It doesn't, it doesn't make sense. So those are some of the characteristics that, uh, that I look for on top of obviously having the, the knowledge, the, the in-depth knowledge about that specific market. Makes sense. So Christine, are you also looking for um, realtors that are investors themselves? Like, I mean, are, like, are those the types of questions that you would ask? Like, I mean, when you're going in to meet with someone cold? Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think it makes sense to work, uh, you know, at least for me personally, I would not work with a, 
a realtor who was not an investor themselves or didn't have that experience when I'm looking for an investment property. It comes back to the example I gave about why would you go to a dentist to get your car fixed. Um, I think that someone who hasn't been an investor themselves, they they don't necessarily know um, certain nuances when it comes to an investment property or what a potential tenant may be looking for. Or for example, in my specific case, when I'm looking for a bungalow to you know, add an accessory suite or turn into a legal duplex, um, you need someone who has the knowledge who can walk in and say, okay, the ceiling height here is good, or you know, there's a drop ceiling here and it may not appear that the ceiling height is good, but if we you know, push that out of the way and measure the true height of the ceiling, you're good. Um, you know, I, I, I need to know that I'm working with people who have done these things themselves, who have their finger on the pulse in terms of um, potential rents in those cities that I'm working in. I mean, obviously, it's something that I follow closely as well. But, you know, I do look to a realtor as an expert to provide me with that information um, so that I can basically then go out and validate it based on my own knowledge of the market and my own research. That makes total sense. Um, obviously, you touched on the networking aspect uh, of not just a realtor, but just the people you surround yourself with. But in regards to a realtor or an agent, um, is access to the trades um, something that they, that they might provide to you if you're in a market that's unfamiliar to you? Is that something that's important to you for them to have access to those trades and their own kind of network of their uh, in, in that specific area? Absolutely. I mean... As you start to work in a market, you do develop your own network of trades, but it is important to know that if something happens and you need a referral, you can pick up the phone and call your realtor. You know, I've, I've had several examples where, where this has happened and, you know, it's, it's, it's sometimes it's small stuff. It can be something as small as, you know, I've got a washing machine that's leaking or I've got a, you know, a, a, a toilet that's leaking. Um, but knowing that you can pick up the phone and call your realtor and they can refer you to someone who they've used and someone who they trust is um, a real help when you're, when you're building, um, you know, a portfolio of properties. And especially for someone like myself, because I also have a full-time job, I don't necessarily have the time that a full-time real estate investor would have to spend researching and interviewing and meeting with different tradespeople and, uh, and handy, um, men and women in the areas in which I'm working. So absolutely. Yeah. Where do you find the time? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's so many hours in a day, but I mean, if you, you know, 24 times seven days in a week is, it's a lot of hours. Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, I think even when you work full time, there's still the opportunity to build a real estate investing business. I mean, I've done it in three, it's taken me three years to, to get to the point that I'm at today. But, um, I think with a network and with, um, experienced realtors on your team, um, it's definitely something you can do. Um, I do think that you have to, um, prioritize what you're doing. So, you know, there'll be a lot of weekends, for example, when I'm spending my time in classes or in networking events or on webinars, um, or working on my properties or doing my bookkeeping or updating my systems when I'd rather be out sitting on a patio having lunch with my friends. You make these sacrifices sometimes, but 
I look at it as, you know, a little bit of short-term pain for a big, huge long-term gain. And so I just make the time because it's important to me. I think that's a big point there, right? Where it's like, you know, you know, everyone, you know, thinks that, uh, you know, you watch a couple of HGTV shows and you can, you know, you can do this, right? There are sacrifices involved, right? And I think if it was truly easy, a lot of, a lot more people would be doing it, but I think, you know, it's not that hard if you have the determination and will. And I think a lot of it, just what you described, Christine, is just in terms of organizing things, right? And just getting things. And once you have a system, right? Everyone in real estate always talks about having a system for this and a system for that. But truly, if you set it up right, it's not that hard. You do have, there are some trade-offs, but at the same time, you know, when you go and refinance in like a few years, right? That's your big payoff, right? That all that hard work and sacrifice really is, um, you know, really is worth it in the end. Um, no, so absolutely. I, I want to switch gears for a second because, I mean, you talked a little bit about kind of, you know, um, the characteristics of a good realtor. And I think, uh, you know, the flip side, and I think Brian and I can say this, there are a lot of bad realtors out there as well. Um, you know, and there's a lot of them that, uh, you know, I mean, there's a lot of BS in our industry. So, I mean, for example, like if I were to say to you, you know, Christine, you know, I work strictly with investors, which actually I do. Um, and I know this market inside and out. What are the types of questions? Like, I mean, do you test these? Like, I mean, obviously you don't take them at face value. I mean, they have to have a proven track record, um, you know, results behind them. You know, do you test them? And if you do test them, what are some of the things that you ask, right? Like, I, mean, if I was going to tell you I'm an expert in Kitchener, which I'm not. Um, you know, how would you kind of cut through to make sure that they're they're telling you kind of the right things, right? Like, well, I, I mean, I I don't look at it as testing somebody. I look at it as starting a relationship and building it because I think that if you if you talk to people, um, uh, if you talk to people, they'll tell you things. So I ask people about their properties. I ask realtors about, you know, the the types of properties they've invested in, experiences they've had with tenants. You know, what are some of the, you know, the problems that you've run into? Like I I ask them questions that a real estate investor would be able to answer. Um, You know, I ask them, you know, things about renovations they've done. What, you know, Issues did they encounter if they were doing a legal duplex? How did they find the process with the city? You know, did they, you know, do the permit drawings themselves with their contractor or did they hire someone to do that separately? Like, there's a lot of things that you can ask somebody who invests in real estate and it becomes very quickly apparent um, how experienced they are. Yeah, no, I mean, that makes that makes complete sense, and yeah, I think you're right. Like, I mean, testing is probably not the, not the right word. It's just more so asking the questions, right? Because at the end of the day, you want to work with people that are going to be looking out for your best interests, right? Um, so you want to make sure that you know they do have your best interests at heart, and you know they do know kind of the local market, so that you're not because you're making you know a large investment. Like, you don't want to be buying in the wrong area because at the end of the day. If you're not buying, you know, in the right areas, you're not going to get the right tenants. No, exactly. And and I think that's, uh, you, you just touched on something that's very important is that buying in the right area is is critical because if you go into certain pockets of a city, you're, you're looking at getting like a, a C quality tenant. I mean, we all want A and A plus tenants in our units. And, you know, sometimes you settle for a B or a B plus tenant. But if you go into the wrong area, you're not going to be attracting those you know, those tenants that are, you know, sort of the, 
the types of tenants that we all want in our units, the ones who pay their rent on time, the ones who are respectful and take care of your property, the ones who let you know if if something needs to be addressed at the property so you can address that. So I think having a realtor who has a certain amount of experience in the area is important as well because, I mean, any realtor can go out and buy one investment property and say, oh, now I'm an investor and I'm an investor-focused realtor. But I think it's also important to understand the extent to which your realtor um, has experience as an investor themselves. Yeah, no, I, I absolutely agree with you. And I and like Jay was saying, the knowing the area, I mean, is is one thing because you could just be looking for strictly affordability, and you might find a smoking deal. You know, you can legally uh, convert the basement. And then it's not until later and you've put all the hard work and money into it that you realize you're actually in the wrong area. And those tenants that you're attracting are the C or D minus tenants and uh, then puts you in a really tough spot. No, exactly. And just because a property is cheap doesn't necessarily mean that it's a good deal. Sometimes a property where you have to invest a little bit more money um, up front to secure the property or you have to invest um, you know, some money in renovations or to create you know, a second suite, you may be spending more money, but that's why it's important to run your numbers and to, you know, be working with a realtor who understands, you know, those types of costs and who understands that you have to consider things like vacancy. You have to consider things like repairs and maintenance. It's not just about, you know, paying the mortgage and paying the taxes and paying the insurance on a property. There's a lot more that can come up beyond that. So you you want to take a look at that and make sure that the overall return on investment is good, not just that you're getting a cheap property. I think that that's a huge point that's a huge point to make, Christine, because I think uh, you know, a lot of people think that they're, you know, I mean, they think cheaper is better. Like we're not, you know, I mean, for lack of a better term, we're not at the grocery store, we're not bargain hunting here, right? It's like, I mean, if it's cheap, it's usually cheap for a reason. I mean, I went out uh, yesterday and showed a, a property to a client in St. Catharines and it was listed for 200 and we walked in and it was, there was black mold everywhere. The paint was peeling and it was, uh, it, it wasn't worth it. Right. And it, I told, I told the client right away, I said, let's go, we're done. Cause I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it was in, you know, dire repair. And the second thing is, you know, an experienced realtor will know this is that you're not going to be able to get financing on something like that. Right. It's in such disrepair that what bank is going to want to put up their hand and say, I'd love to finance this, you know, lovely house. So, I mean, cheaper is no, definitely. Absolutely. That's a good point. And if your realtor walks you into that house and says, oh, this has this is cute. This has good potential. Maybe you should be walking away from them as well. No, that's true. I mean, I think there's, a, you know, sometimes when you see a property that is, um, you know, priced low, there, there can be some exceptions. Um, where it could be a good deal. I mean, it it depends on what you're looking for and what type of property. Like if you find, you know, a a crappy property that's priced for $200,000, but it's on a beautiful, huge corner lot, and you can knock it down and split the lot into two and then build yourself two houses, if you've got the money to do that and the creativity to see that that's an option, then great, go for it. But then, of course, you have to figure out if you can get financing or do you have cash to close um, you know, are you able to get financing through a, you know, hard money lender? Um, you know, but but you want a realtor who who can see those creative options as well, if that's a strategy that you're considering in your portfolio. For sure. 
you uh, to go back a couple questions, Christine. You mentioned about um, when you're looking at properties, you're running the numbers. Um, I, I know that might yep. seem like a very simple uh, statement, but what numbers typically are you running when you're looking at a property, like specific to you, perhaps? Um, I look at the purchase price of the property. I always um, obviously run what the mortgage payment would be, but I always run the mortgage payment a couple percentage points higher than what is currently on offer, um, just because I, I'm very conservative when it comes to running my numbers, so I like to leave a lot of cushion. Um, I include, um, you know, obviously, you know, the normal things that people would include in their in their numbers, like, you know, insurance, taxes on the property. I include a reserve fund for repairs and maintenance. I include a vacancy reserve fund. Um, I also include um, money for things like snow removal and uh, yard maintenance, because that is something that, um, you know, I think that in many situations you're going to end up paying for, especially with a multi-unit property. Um, it is the landlord's responsibility to, um, you know, to maintain the property, and that includes um, the exterior. So I like to budget for it. Um, you know, that way you don't have tenants um, who are, are disagreeing about whose turn it is to shovel. You don't have the liability issues, um, et cetera. So I, I just pretty much work in everything that I can think of, even right down to gifts for my tenants. You know, I, I spend my tenants' gifts, you know, at the, over the holidays and uh, and on their birthdays or, you know, if they're inconvenienced by something, I might give them a gift card, you know, at some point. Like, for example, if they do live through a renovation and there are certain times where, say, for example, they don't have access to a shared laundry room, I would give them some sort of, you know, compensation or gift for that. So I, I try to budget for literally everything and then make sure that I'm still cash flowing and that I'm still happy with the numbers at the end of the day. Well, it's, it's conservative, but it's smart. And uh, you kind of, sorry if I'm cutting you off here, Jay, but I, I led me into another question about uh, tenants. Obviously, you see them more as, uh, you know, paying customers and, and you appreciate them and, and, and the fact that they're taking care of your property. You mentioned gifts and stuff like that. Like, is there certain criteria that you look for in tenants or is there certain kind of things that you do in order to keep your tenants happy like you said during renovations maybe a, a gift card to the, you know the grocery store or something like that yeah I mean I, I, it differs from property to property and it differs if it's a property that you own 100% or if it's a joint venture and then you're working with other partners to to come up with you know the strategies and the things that you do but ultimately you know I I have place a huge value on, on my tenants and I, I treat them, you know, with respect and, uh, you know, take care of the properties so that they feel happy in their home because they're paying me a lot of money to rent these properties. Um, you know, they're paying my mortgages down and, you know, I just really appreciate having good tenants in my properties. So, you know, I would do everything, you know, from sort of a, the small end to just, you know, sending out a birthday card, you know, for some tenants, I send out, you know, edible arrangements, fruit arrangements on their birthdays or, you know, at the holiday season, um, you know, gift cards or something that I that I budget for, um, you know, when they're needed. And, uh, you know, I just I think it's if you if you look at the amount of rent that someone's paying you and you multiply that by 12, you know, I think that really you you need to treat them as a you know as a customer and as a valuable customer because you know yes they're tenants but they they're your customer 
You know, they're, they're someone who is, um, you know, helping you to build your business. So I think that, um, you know, treating them well is, is something that's, that's definitely always a good idea. I think you're absolutely right. And I hope there's people that listen to this podcast and, and, and take that even at minimum. I think you're very smart in, in taking care of them the way you do. Yeah, it definitely goes a long way in terms of building those relationships. Absolutely. Yeah. And happy, happy tenants stay longer. Happy tenants take good care of your property. Agreed. You know, there's a lot of benefits of having happy tenants. Yeah. Well, what would you say is the biggest challenge you've had to overcome in uh, in your investing career? There's a number of challenges of working, you know, building, uh, I guess, a real estate investing business. I would say one of them um, is finding great contractors. Great contractors and great tradespeople are busy and they're booked up. So I think you have to um, consider that. For example, if you're buying a property and you want to duplex it, if you've got a 30-day closing, I think it's um, unrealistic to think that you'll find a great contractor who's available to start if you, you know, kind of find him two to four weeks or find her two to four weeks before you close on your property. So I think that's, that's one challenge. I think another um, challenge in real estate investing is that um, eventually everybody runs out of money and, and the ability to get mortgages. So I think that um, you have to potentially consider whether you're going to continue to expand your um, portfolio through joint ventures or if you're going to look at refinancing some of your properties so that you can pull money out and have more down payment money available for your next purchase. Awesome. That's, that was a very good answer. I like it. Um, so we've kind of come to the fire round, Christine. Um, I don't know if okay. Jay let you know about these, but where do you see yourself in the next 12 months? I'd like to stay on a beach, but Ooh, nice. to be honest, I, I think that I think that I see myself in a similar place to where I am today. I'm very happy um, with the way that my real estate business is progressing. I'm very happy in, you know, the work that I do um, in, in my current career. And I, 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 I've always been a person who says that it's important to take small steps. And to me, 12 months is not necessarily enough time to make a huge change. I can make some change in 12 months, but you know, I, I'm, I'm taking small steps towards creating a big, bright future, if that makes sense. Absolutely, yeah, it's perfect sense. So where do you see the market in the next 12 months? Um, I think that the demand for rental housing in Southern Ontario is going to um, continue. You know, we're getting a lot of uh, new arrivals in, you know, in the greater Toronto area, for example, and also in the surrounding areas. And when people move here, one of the things that they need is a place to live. And so I think that we're going to continue to see um, demand for rental properties. In terms of, um, you know, the, the market overall, you know, I, I think there, you know, there potentially are some opportunities that you know, to buy right now, you know, with the mortgage regulations um, having changed a little bit, people are 
having a little bit of a harder time borrowing money or borrowing as much money as they could previously. So I think that um, there are some opportunities, but ultimately I think that real estate investors need to look at um, these types of investments as long-term, you know, especially if you're, if you're doing buy and hold and, and renting the properties out, it's time in the market that's helping you um, make your money. So, you know, whether the market goes up a little bit or down a little bit, as long as your numbers work, you can still find a good deal. Excellent. No, for sure. Um, so Christine, uh, just switching gears, um, you know, I mean, you, you talked about your real estate investing um, business progressing over the past three years. Um, who do you learn from? I can learn from just about anybody. I think there's a lesson to be learned in almost anything in life. So I learn, you know, if you're looking for specific examples, um, you know, I learn from Erica, um, who's, who's my coach. Um, I learn from other real estate investors. I think that, you know, anyone who's, who's actively investing in real estate or actively managing their own properties has things that they can teach you. Um, you know, I, I learn just by speaking to other people, by reading. Um, I learn from entrepreneurs who are in other lines of business because obviously people who are entrepreneurs, um, you know, they're taking risks and they're um, applying, you know, business and marketing tactics to help increase their success. So I think even if you speak to people who are in a different industry, you can often take the principles um, that they're applying to their business and translate those into real estate. Um, you know, I, I I learn from everywhere. I can I can learn from listening to the lyrics in a song because even songwriters and musicians have valuable lessons to teach us. So, you know, I think you can, you can, you can learn from just about anywhere. Must be a country music fan because every country song seems to have some valuable lesson. No, I'm definitely not a country music fan. Uh -oh. There's lots of music I like, but country is country is is not necessarily my thing. I'm with I you. I think we have to end the interview. Right no, there. I'm with her on that. <laughs> Sorry. I'm with her. I'm with you, Christine. So, Christine, what do you, I mean, we talked a little bit about who you learn from. What are you currently reading? Um, and if you're not an avid reader, um, what type of podcast do you listen to other than this one, of course? Yeah. Um, so I, I would say most of the reading I do is online. I find an incredible amount of value in joining um, online groups of real estate investors, landlords, and even tenants. Um, you know, I, I, I join a lot of, you know, Facebook groups, for example, and it may sound like an odd place to be reading and learning, but by hearing what other people are doing and by hearing what other people are experiencing, um, there's a lesson to be taken from that, whether it's something you want to apply to your business or something that you look at and say, gosh, I would never do that in my own business. And you learn something that you don't ever want to do. Um, I also, um, learn from various webinars, um, you know, like for example, I've, I've taken, you know, a number of different webinars on, you know, the residential tenancies act and, you know, um, human rights and how that applies to real estate investing, um, you know, all, all different sorts of things. So I'm not a big, big book reader per se. I'm more kind of like I read articles and I read, you know, online forums and, and that sort of thing. Cool. If, uh, if you could do one thing differently in the last year, what do you think it would have been, Christine? 
I think um, be better at taking a vacation, be better at taking time off. I think that at the end of the day, for those of us who are, you know, whether you're a full-time real estate investor or you have a full-time job and you're building a business on the side, like I'm doing, I think that being able to recharge is super important. And so I think, you know, with that in mind, I think it's really important to take time for yourself. So I think that's something that I'm looking at getting better at in, in the coming years. Yeah, I think that's a, a good idea for, probably for a lot of people to take a break every now and then and just recharge, regroup, and then, you know, like even a battery needs to be recharged every now and then. So I agree with you. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, you come back with a fresh perspective. Yep. Um, what advice would you give those sitting on the fence that are kind of in your position and what would you say to them? You mean like someone who's sitting on the fence thinking about becoming a real estate investor? Exactly. You nailed it. I would say that the best time to have become a real estate investor was yesterday. And if you didn't do it yesterday, then there's still today. I think that, you know, like, like I said, um, I think that you, you make success for yourself as a real estate investor by time that you spend in the market. Um, you're, you, you can't time the market, you know, sitting and waiting for, you know, the perfect opportunity to come along to me is just, you know, I don't want to say an excuse, but you're, you're giving yourself a reason not to jump in. Um, you know, it can be scary. It's like you said, it's a, it's a huge purchase. It's a big decision. It's a lot of work, but I think if you have the right systems in place, you have the right network, um, you know, you work with the right, you know, investor focused realtor and you continue to learn, I think that you can be successful. And there are a lot of people out there who will help you if you have questions. I mean, I learned a lot of what I know today along the way because other investors were kind enough to share their experiences and their knowledge with me. And so I think that as a community, it's it's not a competitive thing. There are a lot of people out there who are willing to help you. So I think if you're looking at becoming a real estate investor, just, you know, what are you waiting for? Just do it. No, I, you know, it's funny that exactly. the last thing you said there is that there's a lot of, it's not a competition. There's a lot of investors that are, you know, are willing to share their knowledge. And I, I couldn't agree more because you do meet a lot of people that are willing to share their information, their experiences, their knowledge. Um, and it's not like, oh, I want to keep this deal for me. There's lots of deals out there for everybody. And I think that, I think that maybe is what is one of the big factors of why it's kind of like a, I don't know, it's kind of like a positive network when it comes to real estate investing, because we just uh, like uh, Jay and I and and Erica had a meetup on the weekend sitting in a room full of investors. And it's just like, what are you doing? How's it working? What have you done? Tricks, tips, you know, and it's just, it's, it's a really cool feeling to be in a room surrounded with people that are doing the same thing you are and they're motivated and they find value in what you have to say and you find value in what they have to say and um, the networking side of, of, of real estate investing I find is extremely fascinating and it's uh, sometimes gives you the warm and fuzzies. No, exactly. And I, I think in any industry, it doesn't matter what you do for a living, you're never going to know everything. Nobody can know everything. And, you know, we're, we're constantly, you know, just as human beings looking to learn and grow. And, you know, with real estate investing, there are a lot of people out there who will help you. I mean, I, 
I remember one time I was meeting with a, a real estate investor or a, someone who wanted to be a real estate investor. And his biggest concern was that if he didn't buy something immediately, there would be no deals left. And, and, and it, I mean, that couldn't be further from the truth. You know, there are lots of deals out there. There are lots of properties. There's lots of opportunities. And if you just start to learn and sort of figure out what your own niche is, figure out how you can bring value and add value to a property, um, you know, the sky's the limit. You know, you make your own success and, and you know, you can you can get as big and as successful as you like in this business um, with the help of others. Sounds like you might write a book one day. That was pretty, that was a pretty good finish there. Yeah, well, thanks. <laughs> Christine, you're a natural. Absolutely. You know, as a comms professional, you have to be, right? So. No, my pleasure. I hope it's. Hope it's helpful. I appreciate that. Anyways, Christine, thank you so much for for coming on and taking the time yeah. to sit with us and and kind of go over your experience and your and your uh, adventure in real estate. And uh, we really appreciate it. And maybe we'll have you back, and maybe you have a couple more properties under the belt at that time. Yeah, that'll be great. Awesome. Thanks, Christine. And hey, uh, thanks, Christine. We'll again, talk to you soon. Have a good have day. A good afternoon. Take care.